Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the AwesomeO.com NFL Strategy Show Monday morning quarterback edition. I'm Dave Lockman with me every single Monday morning at 11 on the East Coast. Josh Engelman and Adam Share taking a look at everything from Week 10 slate. And, well, a lot happened. Like Jared Goff throwing for almost 300 yards in the first half and finishing with zero touchdowns because of Malcolm Brown. DeAndre Hopkins pushing me out of the cash in a a bunch of different spots on a wild Hail Mary reception to win the game at home against the Bills. Uh, You know, another wild week in the NFL, Adam. And it seems that, you know, the level of predictability at this point is virtually zero. We haven't even talked about Mike Davis yet. Yeah, pretty crazy slate. A lot of good plays you know chalk plays busting it looked like every player on the slate was going to bust until like the fourth quarter of the the four o'clock games a decent week for me came out slightly ahead in tournaments made a ridiculously stupid cash game switch to lose 100 percent of my cash games though so what was um, it so after the 100 percent of cash games what'd you say you say you lost 100% of cash games on one decision, very likely? Yeah, I, I late I late swapped because in the one o'clock games I had Mike Davis, uh Duke Johnson Austin Hooper and Aaron Jones all do terribly and so I, I was like I felt like it was a close decision because they were with the exception of Hooper they were all popular but I thought I needed to make up some ground so I swapped what I had to a Seattle stack hoping to just you know jump the field if Seattle did well and um, I would have finished with like a 50th percentile lineup and instead I finished with not that so uh, yeah it cost myself a bunch of money there what was your original so I went for the swap. Was it the Rams? Yeah, I went, I went Kyler Murray, Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, and the Rams defense to Wilson Lockett Metcalf and the saints. Okay. Well, he came out ahead in tournaments could have yeah. been a lot worse. Josh, how about you, man? After week 10, you're looking at a lot of chalk. As Adam mentioned, like the large majority of chalk ended up not getting us what we needed. Yeah, I was positive in GPPs, positive in head-to-heads, and got I finished like a half step behind the cut line in all of my double ups. So I was ultimately down for the day. Could have been a really nice uh, slate, all things considered. But I ended up having. I think I looked at it. It was either like top forty-four percent pay in a double up. I think in NFL I hit like forty-eight percentile instead. Well, it's not percentile because mm. it's the opposite direction. But um, I was. It was like forty-eight percent. And then golf was 46. So like, I just, I just missed the cut line for the weekend. So it ended up being a crap weekend for me. Well, all you need is one. And uh, 
We saw that from a bunch of our subscribers yesterday, right, Josh? We yeah. saw uh, a couple of these guys. And the very cool part is that some of them, it was their, their first big win that they've had. And I was pretty stoked about that. Norm Jr. said, uh, purchase the awesome underscore cup. And don't worry, I'm not doing this as like uh, self-promotions for awesome. It's just nice to see that, you know, subscribers are having some great days. Uh, this guy hit for like $4,000 on, on a, I think it was like $100 in entries. And then just the other one, I can't find it right now, but he hit for 20K and I'm pretty sure he only played $100 or so. So that was good can't to see. It. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. We had a ton of people um, posting screenshots. I mentioned golf earlier, but we had a ton of people posting really big numbers for golf. A lot of like 25, 50K guys. Uh, NFL looked pretty good too. Yeah, it did. So, um, Josh, quickly before I get back to you, Adam, the you, you're behind the controls today producing this one, and, and we always pull up Fantasy Cruncher, lineup study. It's a lot of fun to look at it each week, whether you did good, bad, and different, to see how everyone else did and to see what exposures looked like, ownership, and, and their overall performances. Unfortunately, Fantasy Cruncher hasn't updated for the main slates yet. But we do have two really big contests, one being the early only 225K, 50K to first. And then we have the afternoon slate uh, as well, the big afternoon six-game slate. So I figure we'll just do our best to hit on that and, and look at overall ownership. But for those of you guys that, that are listening right now, this is not main slate. We don't have that. So ownership might sound differently than it did on the main slate because, well, it is different. Yeah, I, I do have up right now the $3.20 max play action. Um, owners, I wouldn't look like too much into the ownership just because this isn't exactly the sharpest field uh, of all of the stuff that we could look at. But at the very least, it'll give us all of the fantasy point uh, scoring um, for those guys. And it'll be directionally accurate. It's not like Mike Davis is going to be like 6% owned, but he wasn't the chalk. Oh, wait, hold on. This isn't even the right contest then because this is showing Mike Davis's salary at 6700 and that is not what Oh, we want. that would be early only. Yeah, early Mike, only Monday to or Sunday to Mike Monday. Mike Davis was 6700. Well, I'm just yeah. I'm just letting you know. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think it's a I think it's a bug cuz I'm not on an early only slate. Gotcha. I okay. think it's just showing it incorrectly. Gotcha. Okay, so it's showing early only, which means that we very likely don't have any main slate contest to look at. I I think that's probably the case. Josh, if you can pull up the uh, pull up the, the early only one fifty k to first Adam, uh, or I'm so oh you know what hold on a second early only Mike Davis isn't in this one either it looks like yeah maybe there is a bug I don't know what I do know is that Aaron Jones ownership Adam was absurd uh, Devontae Adams very high these guys all of whom on these contests that were above twenty percent. Almost none of them went over 20 fantasy points, and that is insane. Yeah, basically no scoring in the early games if you weren't on the box is kind of how it worked out, or Aaron Rodgers or a Washington running back. Um, but, yeah, so no Mike Davis being here, weird. Um, but, you know, he was 6,700, as you mentioned, so I'm, I would assume not quite as popular as he was on the main slate. But, yeah, uh, pro- not really too surprising. Like, if you look at – the the top of the leaderboard for the early only you have a few 
like 150 max guys, but a lot of, of single entry or, or 15 max, the guy that won it played 15 lineups. One of those slates where if you're playing 150 lineups, you're probably naturally just going to have a lot of lineups that have these guys at the top that really didn't do very well. Yeah. And another thing too, Josh, uh, the, the, the Bucks were a team that I talked about all week. I said, I really want to target these guys. Like, I, I just don't necessarily know where to go. If you get the run game right, you have to get the actual running back right. Leonard get- Fournette was not the answer. I found that out. <laughs> I mean, Ronald I Jones shouldn't have been the answer. Right. What's that? Ronald Jones shouldn't have been the answer. But see, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not at all surprised. Like, am I surprised that he's the fourth uh, running back ever with a 98-yard run? Uh, touchdown one yeah obviously but I'm not surprised that he had a good game against that front for for the Carolina Panthers it's just who the hell would it's it's hard to predict it because there's so many mouths to feed on the box I, I, I was pissed fumbles. at myself once I, like once I realized Ronald Jones was actually a little bit cheaper than Fournette because I hadn't even noticed like when I was making yeah, he's 5300 right so like I was a little bit pissed because I, I thought that people were kind of undervaluing his role like I, I still think he's the lead running back it's just that the Bucks have been in games where they're behind or or competitive and Fournette is getting that third down and hurry up offense work I still I still think Fournette or going into that game at least I still thought Fournette was the guy that you wanted to have because of the past game work and and you know if you're stacking that game you're expecting a you're hoping for a shootout and, and that would favor Fournette but um yeah I, don't, I, I didn't think it was like shocking that Jones had a good game I thought it was shocking like you said that he had a 198 yard touchdown run. right oh my god Josh is that is that the winning lineup on this on that slate four yeah. bucks am I crazy did Ronald Jones not fumble twice he fumbled once or he lost one I don't know how many times he fumbled yeah I thought he lost two I thought he fumbled and then he did it again. And I don't know, but clearly that's not. You might just be thinking up. of like every other game the Bucks have played. Where he <laughs> fumbles. Yeah. So Brady, Ronald Jones, Evans, and Gronk, four man stack for the Bucks, making that up in the early um, with no bring back. That's insane. Sometimes I wish I would. I think we all feel this. Sometimes when you don't listen to yourself, like Adam, you talked about cash. I'm sure there was a large part of you that like, when you look back on it now, you're saying, I just like, why did I do that? There was a large part of me at the time that was saying exactly, (laughs) but you still did it anyway. Right. Kind of inexplicable. I did the same thing where I was like, I got to play the bucks. I'll take chances seeing which one of these guys pops off. And then I just, you know, I got away from, I had some Jones and I had a a decent amount of Godwin, but I didn't stack them. Um, Now, granted, would I have landed on a lineup like that with four bucks? Obviously not, but you know, ultimately they ended up just absolutely routing Carolina, despite the fact that their plane was land. The plane landed seven and a half hours later than it should have. Yeah, they got into the hotel at like what eleven o'clock p.m. Yeah, this right. is a really weird lineup. It has both. It has two Washington guys also. Yeah, no against Carolina the Lions, guys against the Lions defense. Yeah, random ass Keelan Cole in the flex <laughs> <laughs> who went off. Yeah, ninety-one yard punt return and then a receiving touchdown. Yeah, in massive wind. That's just crazy. John Bowen was second place. What did what what did his lineup look like in the second place spot, Josh? Green Hunt plus <laughs> Nick Chubb. <laughs> oh jeez. And they both went for a hundred yards. Oh man, so I guess he he would have won if Nick Chubb didn't walk out at the one yard line. Yep. Oh, he would have, huh? Yeah. That, that hurts. I, I'm gonna assume that that did not give him a chubb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's yeah. one of those where this guy won 20k and he feels like absolute dog shit yeah yeah i don't know you're playing hunt and chubb in the same lineup 
you shouldn't feel like dogs. Well, clearly, should... he yeah. didn't think it was a bad idea when he did it, probably. So he probably <laughs> right, right, doesn't true. think it was the bad idea either. That's true. <laughs> he had Brady, Godwin, Evans, and Gronk, too. And uh, the, the Valdez Scantling 70 yard touchdown, or whatever it actually was. 78. Yeah. yeah. I guess it a... was just because of the slate, but 5.6% ownership on Valdez Scantling. Like, even though that's not a lot of raw ownership, that's still going to piss you off if you played that tournament and didn't have him. Yeah. yeah, you want to know what the best part is too? Dude played Jaguars defense. Yeah, they were 2K, whatever. I know, but I'm saying it just goes to show you how many times we've talked about it on this show that it, it doesn't need to be a good defense. Hell, they don't even need to be in a particularly great spot. Yeah, to- and Josh and I even talked on the morning show yesterday. Someone had asked about uh, rostering a wide receiver and a defense together, and we had said that you know it, it's not the first thing that I would look to do, but that it's not the end of the world because – you basically are looking for a defensive touchdown and receivers can get there in a variety of ways. And that's basically what you see here. You know, uh, Green Bay's offense did well, but Keelan Cole ran one back for the Jaguars and you got a good defense at 2K. Yeah, I, I lived in the uh, I lived in the cheap defense range yesterday and I got to a decent amount of Texans lineups with Austin Hooper. I yeah. didn't really care about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, I, think, I think my best lineup um, used the $2,100 Bengals defense that got negative four. josh sometimes though like it does depend on who you're who you're pairing it with if if it's austin hooper where you're hoping the guy gets you 10 fantasy points at a terrible tight end position that's one thing but yeah if you're running out of defense against and and you have Devontae adams or like and you have aaron jones uh or you know christian mccaffrey something crazy where you're paying a lot and you need him to score i think that's a, a little bit different yeah. On bigger sites, you could make the argument that on smaller sites, it, it's not as bad. But if I'm playing a $3,900 tight end, I, I don't really care about putting the defense in there against them. No, not at all. I, That's all I got. Right, uh, I was going to say, I kind of actually feel the opposite there. Like with the $3,900 guy, I agree with your point. You know, it's he, he can pay off $3,900 without doing much. But like to the Devontae Adams point, he can catch 15 passes for 120 yards and be a really good play and not even have to score. So like, I don't mind taking the, again, like it's not optimal or ideal, but I don't mind taking the big time pass catchers against my defense. I, I don't want to take a running back because typically they need to actually get in the end zone multiple times. But right. um, as far as, you know, the guys that are going to catch double digit passes or at least get double digit targets, I don't really mind it. If you guys haven't done so hit that thumbs up for us. Um, I know Josh, you did a pretty good job. You said, I'm going to badger you guys a little bit yesterday and, you got up almost like 700 after the first hour. It's pretty impressive. Pretty when, impressive stuff. When you're good, you're good. <laughs> you know, we all have our thing, I guess. Yeah. But really, the big thing is subscribe to the channel, guys. I know most of you that watch this show with us every Monday are already subscribed, and you helped push us over 40K. We're well on our way to 50K. We're trying to hit that by the end of the year, and it would mean so much to us. But here's the cool thing. It's helpful to you, too, right? Uh, if you hate it. Just unsubscribe. I don't think you'll want to, but if you do, fine. But if you like what we do here, you appreciate our work. Uh, the easiest way really to help support us is hit that subscribe. Uh, and then, you know, on the recommended feed, uh, on the you know, on the right side, you see the up next feed, that, all of that, you'll get recommended awesome more often. So uh, you won't be at risk of, of missing our shows. So if you haven't subscribed yet, uh, do that. It's great for us. It's great for you. You know, for all parties involved, we're in business. All right, um, Josh. Yeah. The the ownership here on the early slate relative to the fantasy points was pretty insane. Aaron Jones 
wildly owned 14 fantasy points. Devontae Adams, 45. I know he left the game for a bit, came back less than 20 fantasy points at 9K. That's not going to cut it. Uh, Terry McLaurin was in a lot of top lineups. I think he was in the first and second lineup. Correct me if I'm wrong. So his 18.2 didn't hurt anybody. But then, man, Duke Johnson, look at that. Miles Sanders actually was extremely efficient. It just couldn't get into the end zone. Robbie Anderson, Evan Ingram, Curtis Samuel, Dallas Goddard. Look at these fantasy points compared to the actual ownership. Even on crazy weeks where chalk doesn't hit, you rarely see it this bad with like top 10 owned guys all going under 20 fantasy points. And we haven't even touched on the biggest piece of chalk that busted. Mike Davis. Yeah, for the main. He's 16%. Slate. He's there. We just didn't see him. Right. Well, he's oh, that's not, right. Because he's he was not owned the same way. Yes. Yeah. Right, right. From a main slate I've, perspective, I mean, that's the that's the big one. And as we, I mean, I know I said it, Adam, I know you said it, Lafayette. I assume you said it. Uh, him busting was irrelevant <laughs> to most things. Like, it's not, he's too cheap for it yeah. to matter all that much. Like it helped you if you, it, it was relevant in that it's still a roster spot. Like yeah, it, yeah. you, you couldn't have let's say give like Swift, Camara, Jacobs if you have Davis because of the roster spot. But um, so like you're in a potentially better situation if you don't have him. But yeah. you, you weren't drawing dead just because you have Mike Davis. Exactly. I went and to that's, a few. That's spots. why you play him. Yeah. Right. I went to a few spots where I went like Marvin Hall as a really cheap guy at thirty five hundred to get away from Davis uh, and then went with like a DJ Moore, uh, Teddy Bridgewater stack, ran it back with a Godwin. Um, So I did have some lineups like that, some hand-built lineups that I threw into the singles and the three max and and the five max lineups. But um, you know, the thing is when you're paying up for running back, had a lot of Kamara, but Adam, you pay up for running back. So many of the, the high end running backs yesterday just didn't hit anyway. So like, for example, if I, if I went Marvin Hall, uh, one um, a lot of spots it was like I went Alvin Kamara and then I had Sanders with him. Or I had Alvin Kamara and I had Aaron Jones. I had a little bit of James Conner. Uh, Josh Jacobs was good, but aside from that, man, those six K and up guys not named Alvin Kamara, Jacobs really let us down. Many of them in great matchups. Yeah, and I went a little bit different route. I I played a lot of Mike Davis, but then I pivoted off of Duke Johnson a lot. Yeah. At at five K, I played JD uh, JD McKissick at forty nine hundred. I played a lot of DeAndre Swift at fifty one hundred. Had some Bernard, some Jarek McKinnon. You know, mixed results on those guys. But um, you know that. Kind of, kind of staying in that 5K range and just playing someone other than Duke Johnson worked out pretty well. It was just, you know, a matter of obviously you still have to hit on, on all your other pieces. But um, it, it was just an interesting running back slate, I think, in that there were so many similarly priced guys that had the same range of outcomes. And, you know, there's a lot of just kind of gravitation towards a couple of guys in particular. Um, I, I just thought it was easier to get away from duke because he was the same price as all these other guys whereas davis you still had to find salary to to get away from him i know i've annoyed the shit out of people with my jd mckissick talk just like that connection he appears to have with alex smith but uh, again another 15 targets it's absurd how much he looks mckissick's way Uh, i i think it, it really is time that we start paying attention to it. And I know he wasn't spectacular, but he could have been, man, Alex could have been, he, been. He, he should, he, he, had, a he had such a big chance to just break that slate wide open. If Absolutely. Alex could make throws. I mean, yeah, he missed him by a yard like, basically twice, for, twice. For, for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. 15 targets. I mean, listen, 
if you played him and, and, and pivoted off of some other guys in that range, particularly Mike Davis, I, I guess Duke Johnson would be a better example, like you said, Adam, because it's a hundred dollar difference, but I mean, what it, that makes a big difference. He had a great game, but could have had a monster monster game. It didn't matter in the, in the scheme of things, but it um, pissed me off when Gibson ended up scoring five more points than McKissick, just because he got like the two rushing touchdowns when McKissick was like the entire Washington offense, the entire game. I know it's absurd, isn't it? But yeah, but uh, and it's something twenty-three total looks. Twenty-three it's something total I don't, looks. Oh, go ahead. What did you say? No, I said twenty-three total looks for McKissick. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and I mean it's something that you know normally I don't. I, I'm not one that's going to catch that kind of stuff. Like there's football people on Twitter that I, I'll steal stuff from, but you know, being a Washington fan, I noticed it, and, and it's something I expect to continue. They want McKissick in there for pass protection with Smith, so that gets him on the field. Smith, his whole career has been a checkdown guy. So when you're running back on the field with him, you're going to get passes. And on top of that, there's no real receiving outside of McLaurin on this offense. So um, I, I expect it to continue. I, I thought it was kind of funny that people were like, I, I guess on Twitter, they were kind of tilting that Gibson wasn't doing well early on and that McKissick was stealing looks when I don't know. I thought it was pretty obvious that McKissick was the guy there. Yeah. Josh, what do you think from hindsight? Because, you know, sometimes we like to look back and then look forward. You're going to hear a lot of people talk about Mike Davis, how he sucked. And I'll be honest, there was a legitimate possibility that he would not be good against that Tampa Bay front, like it, it, for sure. But in the grand scheme of things, uh, is there really any good argument from an overall strategy standpoint uh, to getting away from Mike Davis and just coming in way under the field on him? And if not, I see you shaking your head. Uh, just, Tell us why, because that's really the important stuff here if we're, we're trying to cover everything. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really just as simple as saying that he was $4,000. You know, for weeks two, three, four, and five, a similar setup, you know, ignoring defense, a similar setup to what we were expecting. I mean, he went for 15, 23, 22, and 29.9. Um, you know, it, it has tailed off since then but he also wasn't at $4,000. It doesn't, I don't care what he did. He could have got hurt on the first play of the game. It doesn't change anything for me. He was clearly the best play for the slate, whether or not it worked out or not is really irrelevant to me. So um, do you want to, I want to hit on the afternoon slate because man, was I heated. Jared Goff threw for 285 yards for three or four minutes into the second half, Josh, like, if you told me my quarterback has thrown almost 300 yards with nearly a half to go, I'd be jumping for joy. Okay. If you told me he'd done that and Malcolm Brown and company uh, vultured all three of the touchdowns, well, be pretty pissed. And then also tell me that he basically didn't throw for a single yard over the last 20 minutes of the game, <laughs> equally pissed off. It's just, it just felt like, of course, this was going to happen because Seattle all season long had been crushed in the passing game. They're on pace to allow almost 6,000 yards passing. Every one of the... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
their games has gone over by an average, their, their games have gone over the total by an average margin of like 18 points. And of course, when I finally load up on Jared Goff and Cooper Cup and Woods and even Higby, this is the result. So I'd love to see what these afternoon sites look like. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Go ahead. I, I was just looking at the top lineups. Um, ending came in, it looks like fourth and fifth. Th- yeah, the, the the best non DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen lineup by like less than a point. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that one is Roethlisberger, Kamara, Jacobs, Ayuk, Juju, Higgins, Henry, Deontay Johnson, Raiders. But the winner, uh, Kyler Murray, Kamara, Jacobs, Beasley, DeAndre Hopkins, Jakeem Grant, Hunter Henry, Deontay Johnson, Rams D. So you needed that 30 plus from Murray, Kamara, Jacobs, Beasley. Really glad I didn't take Jacobs as my 100 yards in the touchdown pick this week. <laughs> uh, Is that the then, only week you haven't taken him? More or less. We even talked about it on the show. I was like, well, I can't take him again. So this should be the week that he goes really, you know, he does well. And sure as shit, that happened. And if you guys in chat, uh, I know, like I said, but most of you guys hang out with us each week when we do this. If you guys have questions, comments on this slate, love to hear them. If they're good ones, we'll, we'll touch on them. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, what was the ownership of this guy? What did this look like? We, unfortunately, we, we, uh, fantasy country hasn't updated for the main slate yet, but we do have some big contests for the afternoon and for early, um, Adam, I got to tell you, man, and this is something that I, I tweeted yesterday. Deontay Johnson really is like the most disrespected DFS player out there. And I know I get it. You could play devil's advocate and say, yeah, but there was wind. You know, you could say uh, a bunch of different things. I get that, but the guy was $5,200, and oh, you could also say he, he gets injured a lot. That's something I honestly don't care about because as long as they are healthy, that's, you know, you're playing tournaments. I, I want a guy that can give me the ceiling game when he's healthy, and Deontay Johnson's done that. In the contest I was looking at, many of the main slate ones, he was like 5 to 6% owned. Meanwhile, Chase Claypool, he's going to be great. We've talked about it, but Chase Claypool – was I think $700 more expensive and he was higher owned than him. What is it about Deontay Johnson that just doesn't get him any love every week, despite the fact that when he's healthy, the guy crushes. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's weird. And I'm not saying that as, as someone who like plays a lot of Deontay Johnson, I'm saying it as someone that every week doesn't have as much Deontay Johnson as I was hoping I'd have, because it's, it's like he, you know, that ceiling is there. He has that potential, but at the same time, it's always tough to be like confident in him because He's competing with Juju. He's competing with Claypool. And then, you know, you also have extenuating factors, you know, like the wind this week, for example. So as long as that's the case, he's going to be a good tournament play pretty much every week. It's just, you know, you also, you you can make, I guess you, you can make the same like point. Like let's say the ownership flips and Deontay Johnson gets a bunch of ownership and Claypool doesn't get any, then you'd want to be playing Claypool because it's the same thing. Um so I, I think it's it's tough because you're basically just guessing between the three receivers on Pittsburgh, especially now that Juju has seemingly taken back his role as a legitimate NFL wide receiver. Um, so it, it's tough when you have, you know, three legitimate targets on this team that, that can all have big games. But to your point about, you know, looking for ceiling in tournaments, it, it's tough to find many guys in that price range that have the same sort of upside as Johnson. Scoops Coat or Scoops Cote, not sure which one. Thanks for the super chat, brother. He says, back to positive NFL ROI after many learnings last year. Have a much improved process this season, in large part thanks to your tools and content. Appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate you, brother. 
That name's going on the Iverson jersey. It's going to be loaded up in no time. But uh, yeah, thanks for that. And um, yeah, Josh, it is a process and, and a lot does go into NFL. And it's really the most tilting sport because if you have a bad week, sure, you can go to Monday night football, you can go to Thursday night football, but you still have to wait a long time to get back to that main slate every single week. Sorry, I'm responding to uh, a message from normal producer Jordan Klein trying to put out some fake news about James Harden right now. He's ruining my DMs. Oh, okay. Where is he oh, thinking James see- Harden got traded to now? Uh, nowhere. Uh, getting DMs like, oh, is this a fake account? You know what drives <laughs> me nuts? You know what drives me nuts? Brooklyn absolutely made one of the worst trades you'll ever see several years back, right? Grabbing Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett in the twilight of their career, losing how many years of first round picks did they lose? Most. Right? Most. <laughs> and now they have an opportunity to get Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving just several years later. And what a mess the NBA is. I mean, if you're the Nets, you cannot do that trade. Kyrie's got to go out for you to bring in Harden. So you don't think it would work? No. No, they're going to be so bad. They're so bad. They can't stop anybody. Yeah, that wouldn't be great. Uh, But but this is something you, all three of us, will be talking about a lot in the coming months. So uh, just stick around for our NBA content. We're getting the season back, hopefully, uh, before Christmas, which is super exciting. We love doing NBA content here. Josh, let me, let me stay with you for a second and just look at some of these top owned guys in the afternoon. I think this, this was a whole lot different where Alvin Kamara needed to be as high owned as he was. He's a stud, but Michael Thomas was what 20% owned on a six game slate. You want to talk about a dreadful showing. I had a lot of him on the main slate too, thinking I'm getting a discount. Oh, Holy shit, was that bad. <laughs> 4.7 fantasy points. Seven targets, two for 27. Really glad I boosted that ownership up at like the <laughs> 1255 mark live before lock. That was smart. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, I mean, Adam, he's returned. He's had two ugly games. I, I don't want to read too much into it, but it was that's the risk of Alvin Kamara grabbing your receiving and rushing touchdowns. Kamara had a horrible day on the ground, but it didn't even matter. Yeah. Uh, Thomas might be getting a real quarterback now though. So that's good. Oh God. Jameis season. Jameis didn't seem like he could do much with Michael Thomas either. Yeah. He's I mean, it's on the it's, bench. It's, yeah. He's yeah I've already, someone tweeted it yesterday and I agree completely. Um, like it, it's, I already know this is going to turn into like me losing money on Michael Thomas every week for the rest of the year. If he doesn't turn it around, because his price is just going to keep coming down. His ownership is going to stay in check and I'm going to roster him every week at this point. Who were the top tight ends from a fantasy point perspective yesterday? There weren't any. Uh, right. I, th- I think it was Gronk and then like Hunter Henry with 13. Yeah. Hunter Henry had 13. I, I liked him on the afternoon slate. Um, that, that's the high number on the afternoon slate. I'm going to slide back to the early now just to see if it's any Gronk. different. And I'm assuming Higby had like a... He had nine. Nine. I think early, he had all that in the first Early half. slate was Gronk at 13.1. So 13.1 is the highest mark that a tight end had on the main slate. I, I just feel like at this point, do I... And I didn't really have much yesterday, but do I really want to keep paying almost 6K for Darren Waller when you know he should probably be like 5K? To be fair, he dropped a 55-yard touchdown. Well, yeah. That's why should I be paying yeah. <laughs> that much for a guy that drops 55 right. yard touchdowns? Yeah, he, he was he was my highest on guy outside of Mike Davis. But yeah, mm-hmm. like 
the the problem i think just talking like strategy at tight end in general um you know normally you'll have travis kelsey on slates and you can rely on him to, to at least to some extent but um when you only have like one guy at the top or two if you want to include waller it makes punting tight end more appealing because the there's less guys that you need to just have a mediocre outing in order for that to be like the optimal strategy. Like if you had all of Kelsey Kittle Waller, and then, you know, you like brought back Aaron Hernandez and peak Rob Gronkowski or something at the top. Like then you're talking about five guys that can legitimately put up 30 and you need none of them to, to do it for your punt to work. But when it's just Travis Kelsey there and, you know, to some extent Waller, it becomes a lot more appealing to just be throwing darts at 4k guys, hoping they get in the end zone. Yeah. I mean, even some of the cheaper guys than that, at this rate, I don't know, Josh, it's been a position that is really, I won't use the term giving us trouble, but like you have the Travis Kelsey weeks and and you had the, like the one huge George Kittle week, but that was a primetime game. I mean, they're just on the whole have not been many weeks this year where the top price tight ends or even like the mid to high price tight ends have been in the winning lineups. Yeah, I mean, like we got a 31-point week out of Waller in week two. 16 targets, a little bit more than the five that he got this And that week. was a primetime game, wasn't it? That wasn't at the Saints game, so it wasn't even on the main slate? Yeah, yeah, yeah wasn't even on the main slate. But yeah, uh, look, I had a ton of Waller yesterday because he was just the exact opposite of every single other tight end that was available. Sure. And he projected better than the wide receiver counterparts at a similar salary tier. So he ended up in everything. I didn't realize he was going to be uh, bad like that. But ultimately, I guess it didn't matter. I mean, every non-Waller lineup I had was basically just picking out other tight end names out of a hat. Right. You know, yeah, it's kind of been my strategy for in, on a lot of weeks this year. It's been my strategy kind of to pay up for one of the, the premier tight ends and hope that I can just gain like 15 to 20 raw points on the field that pays down. And, you know, it's gone really poorly. I think it's been one of the biggest mis- – it's at least in terms of results and probably at least to some extent in terms of decision-making been one of the biggest mistakes I've made like consistently this year. Um, but, you know, and, and it goes back to what I was saying about there just being at this point because of injuries and stuff, you're, you're down to like just the one guy to pay up for. So I think it's a strategy change that I'll be making going forward. You know, it's funny going back uh, or looking forward to next week, we'll do the awesome strategy show. First look with Ben Rasa, Salvetri and myself tomorrow. We do these strategy shows Every day of the week, 11 Eastern, Monday through Saturday. On the contrary, 1.30 Saturday. And then Sunday is the marathon show. Josh pulls a two-hour shift starting off at 9 a.m. and then closing us out from 12 to 1. Adam is on the 9 a.m. show. I'm with Alex and Ben from 10.30 to – or from 10 to 11.30. And then we get the Q&A show. So all of that throughout the week. There's nowhere else you need to be. Uh, but I'm just looking now at the, the pricing for next week. There's not a single tight end above 4,900. Yeah, good. Maybe I can win next week. <laughs> I'm sure you'll late swap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TJ High or uh, Mark Andrews is 4,900. That's it. That's your highest priced guy. So that'll be fun to talk about. What's Josh, Mike we Davis's got a show? Price? What's that? What's Mike Davis's price? Mike Davis is 6,800. Okay, because right. McCaffrey's already out. For next week, they already ruled him out again. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that dynasty league. I have out of my injuries this season in dynasty, just unrecoverable. I, uh, I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, 
not, I mean, not, not McCaffrey, but I have like an entire bench of guys on IR. Sucks. Unlikely really sucks. to play, by the way. And it really sucks because we have to win this year because Ian Kenyon's going to win every year for the next decade if we don't. No, he's not. Out. No, he's not. <laughs> I mean, his what he's done is absurd with all the picks that he has. I agree with you there. They still got a hit, brother. They still yeah. got a hit. Now, granted, you're he, right. He when you have every first round pick, week, so. right? When you have every first round pick, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll probably do okay. But um, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, overall thoughts, fellas. When you look, it's unfortunate, guys. Like I said, we, the fantasy grinder didn't update, so we can't we can't do the normal stuff we do. But you know, our chalk report, we can get a pretty good idea of what happened. Mike Davis wasn't good. Aaron Jones wasn't good. Most of the chalk wasn't good. Rams weren't good. Seattle wasn't good. Uh, what else am I missing here that came in as as somewhat chalky and, and let us down? Mm. I'm looking at Duke the Mill- Johnson. I'm looking at the Millie right now, just for reference sake. Uh, Mike Davis got to fourth. So wait, the, the the fourth place lineup did have Mike Davis. Yes. Okay. What was the first? What was the the winning lineup? Because I'm assuming you're just scrolling through the contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Murray, Kamara, Jacobs, Johnson, Hopkins, Beasley, Logan Thomas, Reynolds, Brown. Browns, rather, defense. How much did Logan Thomas have? 10.6. Okay. So there you have it. Another cheap tight end in the winning lineup. We're seeing that a lot, man. We are seeing that a lot. That's the only, only two of the top 10. Nope. Yeah, two of the top ten have uh, Mike Davis in it. Fourth and ninth, ninth being friend of the program KCMO twenty four. How okay. uh, how popular was Davis in that? Like forty percent, forty point eight. Wow, there was someone on Twitter yesterday that said he was responding to Alex's tweet about on the contrary from Saturday, where he's like, "Yeah, it's easy, just plug Mike Davis in." You know. I, basically tongue, tongue in cheek because how cheap he was plug Mike Davis in, but we still got to get eight other guys that can make it happen. And this guy yesterday after the Davis game goes, Alex obviously played zero Mike Davis. This is just a way to get ownership away from him and create more of an advantage. And uh, that's why I was a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I want to know. That's why I was kind of pissed to see yeah. th- that we don't have it updated yet because I wanted to see what he had and take a screenshot and say, Oh, okay, pal. Cause I'm assuming. I, he had I, a ton I was of- just curious in general too, to see what a lot of the good 150 max players had on Mike Davis, because Me too. I feel like, I think I played like set around 65, 70%. I felt pretty strongly that that was a good spot to be in, but I was curious to see what other people did. Me too. Like this slate more than anything, I wanted to see what happened yeah. because Mike Davis, we haven't seen this other than Boston Scott. Well, no, that's not true. Cause we had Jamal Williams. Uh, and the Gio Bernard game too. Boston yeah. Scott still got you into the top 10. What I would like to see, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. I, I can't remember how big each one of these contests are, but I'd love to see the difference between to see what the 150 maxers did in, let's say the slant compared to the Millie with Mike Davis or, yeah. you know, another smaller big contest that isn't the Millie to see if, you know, you go no Mike Davis in the Millie but a lot of Mike Davis in a smaller field contest. Yeah. I I think that would be like, at least in theory, it's like the, I don't know if correct. It it makes sense that way. At least I don't really know how many 150 maxers play separate lineups and stuff though. Neither do I that, but if you have a partner, it's like a specific way you would do it on a day. Like, yeah, I know, I know two that play different ones off. (laughs) Yeah. What'd you say? 
I said I know I know at least two that that play different lineups and stuff. But uh, yeah, I was gonna say if you have a partner, you can do it in the same yeah. contest. Yeah, <laughs> and you can win that Millie too. I'd be curious too to see what they did in like single and three max. Obviously, I know that you're gonna assume, of course, that oh well, they played Mike Davis in the high stakes single entry or three max. But as far as the winners go in that, you know, did any good players take down some of those high stakes? a uh, single or three max or, you know, two or four, whatever contest without Mike Davis in their lineups. Awesome. But maybe, maybe we'll go next we week. Know. I guess we don't know. We don't, we do not know. You guys I just didn't pulled catch up the, uh, the, um, the $333 three max power sweep on DraftKings. I don't recognize a single name in the top 10. Really? Mike Leone at 13 is the first name I recognize. He had Mike Davis, who was 60% owned in that. Anybody else that you recognize in the top 20? Um, Probably not ship my money. No, my best lineup was 120th. But uh, no, uh, Boggs came in 21st. Did you make that uh, lineup from the hole? Dink came in 22nd. With they Davis or without? Davis. No Davis? Nodakow in 25th had Davis. Ben Raza in 26th did not have Davis, did have Duke Johnson, though, and Ronald Jones. Ben ain't afraid to mix things up a little bit. Yeah. Tell you that much. McLovin Travis- played Mike Davis in 34th. It, it seems pretty much every name I recognize except for Ben had Mike Davis. Had and, Mike Davis. And Ben had Duke Johnson. So, but yeah, yeah that, that does, that is the thing that I've seen. And, and I mean, it makes sense because I'm selecting lineups at the top, but these guys had one of them, not both of them. How much, uh, how many fantasy points did Johnson finish with? Five. Five. So, yeah, 5.4. So, really, Mike Davis was a better play from a results standpoint oh, than yeah. Duke Johnson. Yeah, yeah $1,000 cheaper and scored, you know, 60% more points. Yeah. So, all right. Ooh. We did an awesome uh, showdown show, by the way. Myself, Matt Kajewski, and former defensive end for the Chicago Bears, Alex Brown. He was on him for almost a decade. Uh, He joined us again this week. Really fun show. So after we're done here, go back and watch that replay. Uh, Of course, the Bears are playing tonight against Minnesota. So it was really cool for him to analyze, give us an X and O's perspective, while Matt gave us more data-driven analysis on the opposite side of the stream. Uh, It's a lot of fun. And if you haven't checked out our Awesome Mo content yet, for less than $4 a week, we've got all of our showdown content ownership projections, player projections, the top players tool uh, on top of other content for main slates and, you know, all of the other stuff like the express top stacks tool, express lineup builder, uh, the rankings and so much more. That's less than $4 a week. Uh, You can also, of course, get monthly, annual, weekly, all access. You could do just NFL. You can do all sports, uh, all these tools built by the number one DFS player in the world. Uh, And as you heard at the top of the show, uh, our subs, some of our subs had some really great weeks or great days yesterday. Many of them new subscribers. So not, you know, you'll hear Josh say it or myself, that's not going to make you a millionaire just by signing up. You're not going to become the number one player, but you're certainly going to you know, get better uh, and have the best tools out there. I believe the best tools out there at your disposal. So go to awesome.com slash join, check that out. Final thoughts from this week, Josh, what are we thinking, man? I'm just like I'm happy with the way that everything went. Uh, I basically lost a coin flip and I'll take it. I'm really happy with where I am from a DFS perspective right now. So I'm super ready for week 11. I'm probably more excited for week 12 just because of the Thanksgiving piece. So we'll get 
a couple additional slates that'll seem fun to play and you know it'll break it up a little bit give us a little bit more frequency since um you know i'm traditionally an nba guy and i like to do this stuff every single day over and over again the the lull kind of sucks so i'm hoping thanksgiving helps that out uh watch my showdown videos which should be out on our youtube channel sometime in the next hour or so fandle and dk yeah. they've been awesome and you're still doing your top fives videos too for the main slates yep. uh i call them smoke break videos meaning <laughs> you know you get your your ten, five ten minute break whether it be uh, at work or whatever for me i just walk downstairs or, you know, you want to grab something to eat real quick. Uh, these are the best times. Like, these longer-form videos are tougher to watch at times. But, Josh, you're doing, what, some of them five, ten-minute videos. You can squeeze yeah. them in at any point throughout the day. Maybe we can call them, like, dumpers or something, something to watch while you're on the crapper. I don't know. Oh, I think I could pull a good hour-long stream on the, on the dumpers. Uh, oh, that so would that be, wouldn't work These for shows me. are for taking dumps? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when my legs start to tingle, I go, okay, you know what? Yeah. Let's call it a day. And then I wobble into the wall. Adam, what do you got? Close us out. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Josh. It was, I, I think, a pretty a, a decent week. I obviously made some mistakes, as I mentioned, but I'll have my lineup review article coming out on Awesome O in a couple of hours going through uh, my best tournament, my best three max tournament lineup and both cash lineups I ended up playing uh, before and after my terrible swap. All right. What's up, Josh? I'm just laughing at his late swap. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We got so much more coming up uh, throughout the week and Thanksgiving slate is going to be amazing. We're going to have so much content. So I uh, appreciate you guys hit that subscribe and the thumbs up button before you go. Hopefully everybody had a good week. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Of course, we got the waiver wire show today. We got a lot more coming up throughout the day. No place to be other than awesome.com right here on YouTube. We'll see you back here soon, guys. Thanks for watching.